Praise the Lord. Um, here's what I want to ask us to do. I'm going to pray for a moment. And when I'm done, saying, when I finish saying amen, I just want you to keep your eyes closed. I, I, you'll, you'll understand why in a minute. But as I begin the message, um, just, just keep your eyes closed until I tell you when to open them, okay? So let's just pray. Um, Lord, you are awesome. Lord, you're so awesome. And we thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight to lift high the name of Jesus. And Father, we, we love you. And we know your heart. And we thank you for the expression of your love to us tonight in the midst of worship, in the midst of testimony, in the midst of fellowship, in the midst of your word. Holy Spirit, we say have your way. Move in power. Have your way. Lord, right now, as an act of my will, I yield to you, Lord, because it's not me that I want to be remembered tonight or even heard, but you, Lord God, have your way. Be so compelling in your word, Lord, that, that we walk a, away from here convinced, convinced of you, convinced of your love, convinced of your plan, convinced of the completed work of Jesus Christ. We walk out of this place with belief, consumed by your love, full of faith. In Jesus' name, amen. All eyes closed just for a moment. You're a fraud. You're a fake. You're nothing but a fake, a phony. Good thing these people don't see you when you're outside of this church. Because then they will reel you. You're a chump. A failure. You are a failure then, and you're a failure now. You'll never amount to anything. God doesn't love you. How could He? Look at what He's let you go through. Look at what you've endured. If God even is real, He certainly doesn't care about you. You don't belong. You don't fit in here. You're wasting your time. You haven't changed. You're the same good for nothing that your folks said you were. We can open our eyes. Lies. Lies of the enemy. The reason I had you close your eyes to do that is because in preparation for this, there's no way I could look at you and say those words. There's no way I could look at your eyes and say those words. I don't care what effect it brought about. Because those words are lies. And plus, when we hear those words, we hear them in our head. We hear them in the darkness. We hear them in that quiet place when we're alone with ourselves. When we hear those lies, those insecurities, those attacks against our identity. It's in that dark place, right? Lies about self. Lies about God. I believe that these are two of the most common attacks the enemy brings against us. Lies about self. Lies about self. What does that include? That includes your worth. That includes your identity. That includes your future. Lies about self. Lies about God. 
Lies that come against who He is. That come against His love. That come against His grace. That come against the completed work of Jesus Christ. That come against His blood. That come against His Holy Spirit. The enemy loves to lie about these things. And guys, no one is exempt from this deceptive assault. No one. Not, not me. Not you. Not even Jesus. We'll look at that in a second. But why? Why does Satan use this common attack so frequently and so consistently against us? Frequently and consistently. It's, it's a barrage. We'll think we have victory over it and that chump will still come against us with it, right? Tell me I'm lying. We'll walk in victory. But he, he stops. He never relents against coming against us of lies against ourselves and lies against God. Why? Why this attack? Here's the answer. These lies are meant to, tell, to tear down your worth. And they are intended to rob you of your identity. They're meant to tear down your worth and rob you of your identity. And if the devil can succeed in that, then he succeeds in everything against you. If he can succeed in robbing you of your identity, then he succeeds in robbing you of the remembrance of the completed work of Jesus Christ, who you are because of that work. And if Satan can get us to believe that God doesn't love us, that he doesn't have a plan for us, then he succeeds in robbing us of the inheritance of our identity in Christ. Then he succeeds in robbing us of his affection. Then he succeeds in robbing us of walking in the favor of God. Matthew 3, 13 through 17. It's an awesome story about the father declaring identity over his son, confirmed by the Holy Spirit. So let's read that together. I'm reading from the NIV. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, if we can read this together, this is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is a powerful passage, guys. This is my Son. Identity. Identity. Whom I love. Affection. With Him. I'm not just pleased. I am well pleased. Favored. I need to bring something up here at Impact Rock. You've heard this before. 
before, but it, we just need to be reminded of this. Up to this point, how many miracles had Jesus performed? Zero. Up to this point, how many sermons had he preached? None. How many fish had he multiplied? None. How many lame people had he touched and seen them rise up? None. Up to this point, Jesus hadn't done anything of significance. Like miracles, like the sermons. The things that would characterize his ministry. I point that out to say, God's words, the Father's words over Jesus, were not based on anything that Jesus had done. But because He is mine. That's my boy. My son. I love him. I love him so much. My beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Friends, we've got to break the mindset that says we only receive identity in Christ based on what we do for him. That's a lie. That is a lie from the enemy. It is not about what we do for God. And it certainly doesn't earn his love. It certainly doesn't earn his love. He can't love you any more or any less than he does right now because his love is, love is perfect and he is not manipulated, right? God is not manipulated and he's not shallow and he's not temperamental. His love is steady and constant and true. And he loves us when we're boneheads and he loves us when we're all stars and he loves us everywhere in between and it doesn't waver. His love is true. And you can't earn His favor. Because favor is inheritance. And it comes the minute you trust your life in Jesus Christ. Because at that moment, you've accepted adoption into His family. See, His adoption is offered to all of us. It's offered to the whole world. The minute we say yes, and we, we accept adoption, and we're grafted into His family tree, we are sons. We are daughters. Actually, we're sons. We're female sons and male sons. We're sons. Because sons get the inheritance. Sons get the inheritance. And we were created in His image. Male and female, He created them in His image. So we are male and female sons because we all get the inheritance. We have favor because we're sons. You get an idea of why the enemy Try so hard to keep us from believing the identity of who we are in Christ. We can't bear the Father's identity if we haven't accepted adoption in Him. We won't be able to accept the Father's affection unless we've received the work of affection the work of love of the Son in laying down His life so that our sins could be wiped away. We won't be able to receive His love. Because see, without the grace of God, without the grace brought about by the shedding of Jesus' blood, then we know who we are. Right? We know who we are. Unworthy. Unworthy. Undeserving. But the blood of Jesus applied to our life changed all that. Deserving. Not because of us. Not because of what we've done. But because of Jesus. Deserving. Deserving. 
Not because of our works, but because of the work of Jesus Christ. Worthy. Worthy. Why? Because your, your acts are so holy and righteous? No. Because of Jesus. What's the work of shame? And what, what are the things, the shameful things we've done? If we cling to those things and not cling to Jesus, then we're believing the lies of the enemy. We're holding on to the past. The lies. They're not true. Even if we did them, right? Why aren't they true? Because of the verdict of the Father. Because of the work of Jesus Christ. Because the Father has already said. I've heard the case. The advocate has stood before you. He paid the price for your sin. Not guilty. Even in our judicial system, there's a thing called double jeopardy. You can't be tried for the same crime twice. I think we got that concept from God. The verdict's already been rendered. Not guilty. Not guilty. Innocent. The price paid because of Jesus Christ. What is the worth that you place on your life? What is the worth that you place on your life? What are the kind of things that determine your worth? Positive or negative? What are the kind of things that determine your worth? Good to positive. Man, I made the most killer meal for my family today. It was awesome. It was delicious. My husband raved. My children had seconds. They went to bed early, full and content. Man, I nailed it today. Man, I'm, I'm a horrible wife. I was so busy doing this and this and this. I didn't make a meal for my family. And then I got frustrated and I yelled at him. And I put them all to bed early. Even my husband, I put them all to bed. Determines our worth. Men, man, I just, I, I'm killing it at work. I'm just, you know, I'm nailing it. My projects are, are, are coming together ahead of deadline. Perfect. I'm getting praise from my boss. I got an investment, a raise. Man, positive worth. Man, I, I've blown the last three trips to, to try and close the sale. I haven't closed the sale in four months. Man, I lost my touch. I caught the touchdown pass. I dropped the touchdown pass. We use things like that all the time to determine our worth. And, and they're lies. They don't determine our worth. Our worth has already been set and established. And it's not based on anything we do. It's based on what Jesus did. That is where we get our worth. Friends, otherwise it's about us. Otherwise it's about us. If, if I base my worth on, on uh, preaching a good sermon and seeing if, if you know, uh, you know, two people give their lives to the Lord and I preach this what I perceive to be a great sermon. And, and if I base my worth on that, what about the time when my, when, when man, my sermon just wasn't there? It just wasn't, you know, and and no one got saved and no one got healed. And you, you see where I'm going? What happens then? Oh man, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? I didn't spend enough time with the Lord. I didn't spend enough time in preparation. Man, I didn't pray enough. I didn't pray for those lost to come in. Do we see a common theme in that? I, 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 I. The accuser has his way. That's right, Mark. You didn't. You watched that stupid sitcom instead of, you could have spent that half hour with the Lord. Oh, horrible son. 
Our value is not based on our percentage of doing well or our percentage of messing up. None of that. Those are lies, guys. Even the good, even the good stuff. Even the if, if it, it's all lies. If that's what we use to determine our worth, Jesus. Jesus determines our worth. Our total identity should be found as sons of the living God. Our total identity should be found as sons of the living God. You know, I've said it many a times, and I've probably said it here. Jesus needs to be the center of your life. You know, talk about godly order and godly priority. Jesus should be the center. Let me correct that. Jesus should be your life. Jesus should be your life. Not just the center. Because if we're saying center, then somewhere in our mind, in the flow chart of our mind, in the pie chart or graph of our mind, there's room for other things. Jesus should be our life. Making that awesome pie is just part of that life in Jesus. Making that incredible meal for my family is just part of my life in Jesus. Why should it be separate? Why should it be segmented? Why should work be segmented? Why should... Why should my free time, why should fantasy football be segmented? Why should playing the piano, you know, jamming with the guys be, you know, it shouldn't be segmented. Our life should be Jesus. I heard a great quote this weekend at the equip. This is how it was phrased. Sometimes people will ask you, how many people are in your church? Who cares? Who cares how many people are in your church? The correct question is this. How many people in your church live and walk in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ? That matters. We are to walk in the limit, the, the, the image and the likeness. The image and the likeness of Jesus Christ. That's our walk. That's what really matters. And friends, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, we have to walk out this wealth. It's not enough that we've been given this wealth of knowledge and grace poured out upon us. We've got to walk it out. We've got to walk it out. And we've got to be convinced of this walk. Because there will be many times that in this walk we will have to stand. And stand firm. In the midst of adversity, in the midst of failure, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of tough things. But when we're standing, who do we look like? When we're standing, who do we act like? When we're standing, what is the fruit of our life and who does it resemble? Jesus. It should be the image and likeness of Jesus. In walking it out, we must believe it. And we must live like we believe it. We must believe Jesus is who he says he is and we must believe that we are who Jesus says we are in him. I mentioned before that we're not alone this temptation of identity. We're not exempt from that attack of the enemy of identity. I'm not exempt, you're exempt, not exempt. And I said that Jesus wasn't exempt. Let's take a look at that. Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became what? Hungry, that's kind of a no-brainer. After 40 days and 40 nights of not eating, you're hungry. And Jesus was hungry too, because he was a man. 
And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones that they become bread. But he answered and said, Jesus said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, On the other hand, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Identity. Identity. Satan came against Jesus' identity. Satan wanted Jesus to question his identity. If you're the Son of God. If you're the Son of God. Satan even quoted two scriptures correctly. He didn't misquote them. The point in that, guys, it's Jesus we find our identity in, not just scripture, not just religious tradition. It's Jesus we find our identity in. Too many people find their identity in religion. Good intentioned people, but I'm sorry, it is not religion. It is Jesus. It's not enough that we're just these scholars in Scripture. Crying out loud. You realize that everyone we, everyone that wrote a New Testament book to us, you know that Paul didn't have the New Testament, right? Because he wrote part of it. And Matthew, and Luke, and John, and James. You know they didn't have the New Testament, right? Because they, they wrote it. They didn't have the benefit of the New Testament. The Gospels. They didn't have the benefit of Romans to quote often. Love Romans. Guys, it's Jesus we set our eyes on. Not, not just Scripture. Scripture confirms Jesus. But it's Jesus that we have to find our identity in. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to come bread. If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down for it's written. Know who you are by knowing who Jesus is. Know who you are by knowing who Jesus is. We must believe that God loves us this much, guys. We must believe that His Word is true and that He is true and that He loves us this much. We must believe. We must believe that we are His identity. We must believe that we are His. Not a temporary belief, guys. We must be convinced. We must be convinced that we belong to Him. We must believe that His love gushes for us. He loves us. 